0: Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Revolutionized Mind. It's been a crazy couple weeks, but I'm so excited to be back. And I just have to start off by saying to everybody who listened to my last episode, the Pride episode, thank you so, so much. I was overwhelmed with the amount of support I received. And it was just so reassuring to get so much positive feedback and so many people relating to my story or saying that it helped them. So I'm truly, truly grateful that I was able to put that out there and for it to be received so well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been in the process of switching my recording and editing softwares, and I just had to give a huge shout out to one of my good friends, Vonda DiMichele because this has been a nightmare, and she is a radio broadcasting genius, and I've texted her a million questions over the last couple weeks um, to try to figure out how to use it, so thank you to her, because I have been very stressed out trying to understand how media stuff works, because this is not my forte at all, but... At this point, I think I got it all somewhat figured out and hopefully this episode goes smoothly and we can improve from there. So today's episode is all about, you know, self-identity, finding your true path. And today's guest, Anthony, is somebody who's had experience with this over the last few years, um, you know, questioning his career path, where he was currently at, what he wanted to do. And he has a lot of amazing perspectives that we talk about in this conversation. And gives a lot of great tips about how to really try to understand your values and what you want to give to the world. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. And once again, I'm super happy to be back. Happy Friday. Okay, so today I'm here with Anthony Pietrobono, who I'm super excited to talk to and hear his perspective. So how are you today?
1: Great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to chat and just talk about your story so i wanted to have you on to talk about self-identity and finding your true path or purpose because i know that this is something you've struggled with especially over the last few years so as an introduction would you like to just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing
1: yeah so i just turned 25 i'm a personal trainer and online coach who's passionate about finance and um and stocks mainly so what I do now is, is I basically help others get more out of life through improving their mindset and their finances while also training people in person in home. So I kind of have a mix. I'm currently going through like a transition period, like you said, uh, of like kind of changing my own identity. I, I did struggle with that. But I'm also documenting uh, my triathlon training on YouTube. That's a little uh, side hobby of mine. And um, I've been doing online fitness coaching for the past five, six years. And I'm, I recently just shifted away from doing the online fitness coaching and shifting more towards finance and, and mindset kind of thing. And I went to a Georgian college for a fitness health promotion for like a two-year program and then went to University of Guelph for human kinetics. And I was running my coaching business all throughout there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And so I guess was fitness something that you were passionate about before you started school? Like it was something that you knew you wanted to get into? Yeah. So
1: funny, actually, at first, like I was always into numbers and math. All throughout, like when I was a kid, like I played like a lot of Monopoly and poker and I liked playing with money. I was just like it was kind of like a natural thing for that. And I always did good in school with math. So I actually initially wanted to go into accounting, and that was the plan from like grade nine. But I always got made fun of for being skinny and I was like really insecure about that. And like literally my friends would tell me to, like put my arm up and flex because no, it, like it wouldn't move, and then they just laugh <laughs> muscle. And that was like like 13, 14. So I was kind of insecure from that, and then as soon as I turned 16, I started working out. I got a gym membership, and I started working on improving myself. And I was researching how to build muscle. And once I started changing my body, I kind of started improving my own self-confidence. Like not because the body might think I was kind of improving my own self-confidence because I was realizing that I could do something that, like, if I wanted to put my mind to it, like I could change the way I looked and felt if I wanted to, and that gave me more confidence in myself. So once I kind of I figured that out. I wanted to then help others do the same. So once I kind of improved my own body, I found the passion to help others with that sense. And then I started helping my friends out for free and then it kind of spiraled into other people reaching out to me. And that's how my business came about with fitness. And I kind of shifted away from the whole finance thing in like grade 11 and 12 and I started taking sciences.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sorry it started with like an insecurity and kind of on a negative note, but it turned into a passion, obviously. And I know you've helped a ton of people with their fitness journey. So that's amazing
1: yeah it's, it's all good. It was fine. It, like they I find like usually an insecurity can lead to you solving your own problem, and then since you've been through that, it makes it easier to help other people do the same. so it's, it's a it's a blessing for sure. I'd say.
0: yeah, maybe not in the moment. Always it's a little tough to take in like emotionally, but yeah, once you like can handle it and move forward with it in a way that benefits you, then I guess it's a positive thing. Yeah, for sure. So growing up, did you feel any pressure from your family or friends to enter a certain career or do anything that you weren't necessarily passionate about?
1: I was actually really lucky. My parents never pushed anything on me in that sense. My dad kind of gave a little nudge saying like, hey, you should go to university or or something to get a degree just in case because you're going to need that for a job. Like that's kind of like the new norm type of thing, having a degree for a job. So he kind of like suggested that, but anytime I showed interest in something, my parents kind of gave me full support to like, yeah, whatever, you go ahead and do it. Like as an example, um, I was running my online fitness coaching business in college and in the university. And I had like max clients while taking on school, like a full program. And initially I wanted to go to school for physiotherapy, but then I had a co-op placement and realized I didn't like that. So while I was in university, I didn't know what career I wanted to go with, but I was running this business, helping people lose body fat while I was in school. So the third year I told my dad, I said, Hey, can I just take a year off school and see how the business goes? Cause I never gave it full attention. And like, I was just, I was balancing school and, and the business. So I said, can I take one year off to give the business thing a shot and see if I like it. And if I do that continue, if not, then I'll go back to school. And he was like, yeah, for sure. Like, that's totally fine. Go for it. Because I was also going through all semesters with no breaks, like no summers off. So he's like, yeah, like it's fine. And uh, yeah, so he was fully on board. So I'm lucky in that sense.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like so many people have those stories where they go to school because they feel like they have to, but it's not something that they're necessarily passionate about. And they spend all this time and money for a degree that they don't even want to pursue. Um, So having that like social support from your parents, as well as any financial resources that you need in order to take that step away and focus on your business is crucial in order to make it successful. So,
1: I agree, yeah.
0: Um, so you didn't really have any pressures, but did you have any internal pressures about like what you thought you should have done? And how did that impact your mental health?
1: Cool. So initially, yes, because I told myself I wanted to, I had this it was an ego thing. I told myself that I was gonna have a master's or PhD. And uh, that was just like, I don't know, it was in my head from the start, because I loved school, and I was naturally really good at school. So it was just some of those things like if you're naturally good at something you want you feel like you should push to like the extreme. And I liked school anyways, I loved learning. So I was always torn on like, hey, if I you know, drop out type of deal, then I'm not gonna be having that master's or PhD. And I didn't feel good initially, but at the same time, I knew in the moment that the coaching is what was making me happiest in that moment. So I just kind of went with it and said, you know what, I'll just go with it until it doesn't make me happy. And then if it doesn't make me happy, I can go back to school and finish type of deal. So I kind of weighed the pros and cons and said, like, you know, what, the, the cons don't outweigh the pros. The pros are better. So I might as well take the leap. But yeah, it definitely was messing with my head for a bit. It took some transition time.
0: And like time is on our side, too. I feel like people go into university and they think they need to finish it within that four years or whatever. But we are still so young. Like So many people are now going back to school when they're older, once they have kids, once they've already started their family and then they have that downtime, they go back so it's not unheard of. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know about Feelmo, a mental health support app developed to build two main skills of emotional intelligence, including emotional awareness and regulation. Feelmo's clinically informed three-step process guides you through identifying, understanding, and managing your emotions to help you manage feelings of stress, anxiety, and depression more effectively. With an emotion explorer of over 400 feeling words, you can precisely identify your feelings, communicate them more clearly and over time notice patterns which can help you predict and manage your emotions in advance. The reflect questions which incorporate approaches from CBT, DBT and ACT are designed to help you gain deeper insights into your triggers, how you process your emotions and effective coping mechanisms that work for you. After every FILMO session you're given a carefully selected recommendation to help you to regulate your emotions and build your resilience. Once you can effectively respond to your feelings, you'll be better able to control your emotional well-being and make thoughtful decisions that are true to your goals and values. An Android version of Feelmo is coming later this year, but for now, you can download the app from the App Store. So like you said, there was a point when you, I guess, began questioning fitness as it wasn't completely fulfilling you any longer. So can you talk a bit about that and what kind of internal thoughts you were facing during that time?
1: Yeah, so actually there was three times that this happened. Technically the first time was in January 2018 where I started questioning fitness. And January 2018, that was just over a year full time doing my online fitness coaching business outside of school. And I burnt out really bad and I was working with a business coach and basically what happened was I was extremely overwhelmed like with my business. I had over 30 clients who... Would email me daily for questions or check-ins and stuff and it got to the point where i kind of hid from all my clients because i was dealing with so many messages each day and i didn't want to have to deal with all the problems that would that would pop up and what i ended up doing was like i went full week where i couldn't open my emails i couldn't check my messages i just could, I completely shut down like i didn't want to talk to anyone and i didn't respond to anyone for a week And at that point I was talking to my parents while I was kind of hiding from everyone. And I was telling my mom literally like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like I don't enjoy having to feel trapped. Like I was feeling trapped. I felt like a slave to my email. I felt like I was being paid to respond to people 24 seven. So there were, I felt like I didn't have any time to turn off. And it was like questions come in. I answer them. As soon as I answer them, there's new ones. So it was like, it was never, it felt like it was never ending type of thing. So I kind of did it to myself where I put, so much work for myself and, and I got to that point, but that was the first time. And then I eventually got through that by doing micro commitments, just, you know, f- focusing on things that made me happy in the moment. Like I would just focus on like listening to music or working out or reading or, or journaling and just like trying to figure out why I was feeling this way. And then commit to do, let's say, replying to one email and then maybe like two emails and rebuild it back up. That was the first time I got through that. The next time happened exactly one year later, February 2019. And I went away to a cabin alone for three nights because the exact same thing happened. I got too many clients on my plate and the same thing happened. And then uh, the third time, which is what's made me actually stop online fitness coaching was the biggest burnout. And that was January 2021 when my family and I got COVID. And I told all my client's When i got it like i couldn't i had i couldn't reply to people so i told them all like hey i'm going through this Uh, i'll message you back when i'm feeling good type of thing and that lasted like three four weeks because of what was going on and so basically that was the longest time i went with no clients and i had freedom of not having to reply to emails or make adjustments to meal plans for three four weeks well when that time period was up i couldn't get myself to go back to doing that combined with the fact that i was financially stable so I didn't actually need the money. What made me realize was when I did need the money, I really could not get myself to even go back to doing it. So I transitioned away from it as of January 2021.
0: Well, thank you for sharing all that. Um, I think it's a side of like an online coaching business or just having clients in general that a lot of people don't talk about is that you feel responsible for being at their beck and call 24-7.
1: Yeah, 100%. It, it really drains on you because you have to be, you're the one who lights them up. You're the one who makes them feel better. You're the one who is giving them positive energy. So when you're going through tough times, it's like all you can do is is make yourself feel good. Like imagine now you have to make others feel good and, and calm other people down who are freaking out about whatever. You know, they're not down two pounds and they're like, hey, they're freaking out to you. It's like it can weigh on you. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. It's like you're taking pieces of yourself to give to everybody else, but then when it comes to you, there's nothing left. And that's when the burnout happens. Yeah,
1: that's, that's exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. So how did you know that you actually wanted to pursue something else? Like you obviously were going through this questioning phase of whether fitness was right for you. So like, were there any signs that made you aware of that it was finance that you wanted to get into?
1: Yeah. So there was a lot of signs and I have been really cautious to commit to it. I've been afraid to commit. So I kind of kept it on the side for years, the whole finance thing was in the back of my mind. Because as an example, um, I always read a lot of uh, personal development books when I was like 19. And I read a lot about investing in real estate and stocks. So I started learning about that when I was 19, 20. And I became really passionate about that when I was 20, 21 years old. And I was just learning, reading books and watching YouTube videos. So... It came to the point where I started investing myself into these vehicles and then helping my family invest when I was about 21, 22. So it was kind of growing. And then once I had success with it, when I was 22, 23, then I started making YouTube videos to test it out to see if I was passionate about it. So I was making YouTube finance and investing YouTube videos to see if I was actually is, is something I could pursue. And it was something I, I liked. And then I also started taking on clients for finance where i would help them structure their own budget to get out of debt some people just a few people i've been taking on in the past six months so all this before i ever made like a full leap or transition and now i've kind of gained more confidence that i it is something that i care more about so that's kind of how i gradually did it
0: and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you already did have like a large following, a big platform on social media with the fitness stuff before you went into finance. So were you a bit scared of like what your followers that were following you for fitness related stuff would think about this new passion?
1: Yeah, that was honestly like the, that was like probably my biggest worry. Yeah, that was actually my biggest worry. That whole that bring me back, brings me back to that whole identity thing. The identity thing is what worried me the most is because all my life, I was the fitness guy. Everyone knew me as the fitness guy. Everyone would come to me for questions about fitness. And it even started when there'd be people messaging me, asking me to work with them as a fitness client. And I had such a hard time telling them, like like not taking them on as a client. I tried for so long to, I would just like take them on and then I would fail to service them like fully and I would refund them. And then someone else would message me and then I would Because I didn't want to say like, no, I don't do this anymore. Because I didn't want people to think that I'm not the fitness guy anymore. So it was, yeah, I had a lot of trouble with this. I actually spoke to uh, a psychotherapist a lot, every two weeks from the end of 2020 uh, for a few months about uh, just to understand why I was feeling uh, certain ways. And that helped a lot. I would just talk to the psychotherapist about how I was feeling and um, would help understand myself better. And, and learn to let go, learning to let go of how I felt about certain things and just focused on what would make me happy now in the moment and also let go of my goals. Because one of the issues that was holding me back was i would have such extreme goals and the goals that I had no longer aligned with, with what I wanted to do, but I was trying to keep the goals. So that screwed me up. So I had to let go of the goals and say, hey, I'm just going to do what makes me happy right now. And then I can make new goals after I kind of settle on this new path.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point because a lot of people, I think, grow up with these goals or this idea of what their life is supposed to look like by a certain age and they stick to that. But then once it doesn't go to plan or they're not personally happy with where they're at, it can really mess with them. Yeah, 100%. Um, so... Obviously, when you started doing your finance stuff, you got a few new clients and you found you were more passionate at making these videos and helping people. So did you start to notice any changes to your own mental health or well being when you began dedicating your life to things that truly made you happy?
1: Yeah, first, uh for the first time ever, I didn't feel like I had to respond to anyone. So it was like a sense of freedom. Um yeah, I, that's all I can explain. Actually, it was a it was a huge shift to to feel in freedom because with these clients, what I do is I go on a Zoom call with them every two weeks. So it's basically like we go on a Zoom call, I give them a, you know homework, and then mm-hmm. on the next Zoom call we talk again. So you know when that's kind of your business model, and then I'm also focusing on on trading stocks and making videos. There's no one I'm forced to reply to, so I just do whatever I want. Well, it feels like I do whatever I want all day, each day instead of doing things I don't want. So yeah, uh, I was way happier and we uh, felt lighter, felt lighter.
0: Yeah, good for you. And I feel like it's the perfect time for that because especially through COVID, I think stocks became such a big thing. And a lot of people like me personally, I started researching it. I had never known anything about it before, but I think there's so much out there, especially in like the financial world that most people don't know and haven't talked about. So I think what you do and what you offer is amazing.
1: Yeah, thanks for sure.
0: Um, So going back to the whole finding your purpose thing, I watched one of your videos on your Instagram that's talking about Ikigai, which I'd never heard of before, but I think it's super interesting. So can you talk a bit about what this is and how it's helped you?
1: Yes. So basically, it's kind of a reflection you can do for yourself. I actually have a paper. If if the viewers are watching, you can quickly look at this little, it's probably backwards, but you got to search up Ikigai. There's uh, basically four kind of circles. And what you want to do is you want to ask yourself these four questions to figure out your passion and what you can kind of dedicate your life to. And it doesn't have to be one thing, it can be multiple things. So basically, the first thing you want to ask yourself is what you love. What do you love doing? And the reason why you want to ask yourself this is because if you just ask yourself like what you're good at or what you could be paid for, then you're going to feel empty because you're not doing the thing you're you're most passionate about or the thing that you feel is most important. So you ask yourself to write down a list of things you love. Then you write down a list of things of you're good at, like what you're naturally good at. For me, again, like I said, it was like math, it was finances, it was numbers. It could be educating even. I'm naturally good at, at teaching. So I wrote down all these things. And then I, another thing is what you can be paid for. So write a list of those. I, mean, I could write down maybe personal training, trading stocks, teaching people about finance, Another thing is what you believe the world needs. And this is a huge one because it'll feel like you're making an impact if you start working towards doing something that you personally believe the world needs. So I personally believe the world needs education on investing to have more money and less stress and more time and maybe education and help with nutrition and training to have more energy to feel better about yourself, have more self-confidence. So those are kind of like the two biggest things that I think the world needs. So I should therefore dedicate my life to helping people with those things. And it helped me so much because number one, it dropped the pressure on having to feel like I need to fully commit to one thing because that was one of my issues that was holding me back. I was so torn because I felt like I needed to fully commit to one thing or else I'm wasting my life because I'm spreading myself to things. But that doesn't have to be the case. You can have one thing that, checks two of the boxes like let's say you could have one thing that you're good at and you could be paid for and then another thing is doing what you love and what you think the world needs so you can have two different things to feel fully complete
0: yeah i think that's such like a wholesome view because you get things that you are good at and obviously i think the paid aspect might sound a little like weird to some people because you're incorporating that in a passion but to make it realistic in life you do need to make money at what you're doing and at the end of the day, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, that's like best case scenario.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because in most people, like, if you just figure out what you're passionate about, you when you ask the question of how can you be paid for that passion, like you can actually you can totally figure out a way to be paid for whatever it is you're passionate about.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. And did you get any like negative responses from any of your previous clients when they saw that you were starting to turn to finance? Like did you have to deal with any of those negative comments or judgments?
1: I I actually didn't. So from my clients, no. From some strangers from my following, yeah. Just like stuff like, "Oh, there's more important things than money." Like, "Why do you care so much about money? You don't need." Like, it was a bunch of like just people saying like not to focus on money. You're going to turn into someone who just cares about money. Like all you care about is money and all just random stuff like that. But for my clients, every single client was just like, you're going to be amazing. Like anything you do, you're going to be amazing at it. Like full
0: support. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I just asked that because obviously when you get those, like even if they're strangers, when people are feeding negative judgments into you, like it does take an emotional toll and you might start questioning whether you want to or not, it's going to be there.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. It still affects you. Uh, it happens to me all the time. Even on, like, YouTube, I'll get some random comments. And it's just, like, hate
0: comments. Or, like, a uh, brush it
1: off, but like, it hurts for a bit. Yeah,
0: there's always going to be people out there. And it's, like, just random people going out of their way to ruin somebody else's day most of the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so what have you learned about your own self-identity and focusing on what's best for you, not what other people think is best for you?
1: Uh, what I learned most is how you see yourself matters most so literally at the end of the day if you see yourself as a certain person and it's not the same as what other people think of you that's what you need to go with like you don't need to fall to the the prey of the, the pressures of how other how you think other people see you so staying true to basically like how you want to see yourself is what matters most because that's how you can feel happiest. And that's how you can commit to something long-term because if you, obviously say it's short-term thinking, if you find yourself changing the way you want to be based on how other people see you. So that was mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me. And um, what I also learned was it's really important to journal, it doesn't be daily, but ask yourself questions a lot and write yeah. out, how you feel about those questions. So like each week or each day, I would make sure that I was acting in accordance to my values by asking myself like what matters most to me now and how I want to live my life in the next five years, what I want to be doing. I think it's really important to stay on top of asking yourself those questions because they change. So if you don't ask yourself those questions often enough, then you're kind of going to end up stuck where like, you're three years down the road and you're stuck doing something that maybe doesn't fulfill you. And you're like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. it's like, well, cause you weren't, you weren't staying on top of what matters most to you as things were
0: changing. So you do journal often. Do you ever look back at like your past values and see maybe how far you've come or what has changed?
1: Yeah. So very infrequently. Uh, but when I do, like I've done it, like I've looked back like two, three times. And the biggest thing that surprised me was the goals. Like it's crazy. Like goals that I've had like three years ago compared to now, it's like the goals are way bigger. It's it's funny because so I hold myself to a really high standard. So I would beat myself up often mentally, like to myself, talk myself down all the time. Like you're doing awful. Like you're not, you know what I mean? Like just bad negative self-talk. Meanwhile, I'll look back and I've achieved the goals I set like three, four years ago, like way ahead. And then I'm like, oh, I should chill. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah I do I look back on the values too and I've even like kind of narrowed down like I have my top 10 values on my vision board now and I even I'll, I'll change them every uh, couple months might swap one out here and there but yeah I do
0: yeah so going off that like self-talk you're talking about now a couple minutes ago you had corrected yourself you said like the way other people see you but then you change it to the way you think other people see you and that's something that stuck out to me because it's so true like what you think like a lot of it is internal and a lot of people are not looking at you that way because they're so consumed with their own lives but meanwhile for us we're like oh my god everybody's looking at me everybody's judging me everybody cares what i do but everybody's going through their own thing and nobody really cares what you're doing
1: 100 It's so true (laughs) true. i had to correct myself yeah
0: no no (laughs) no and it's something that like should be talked about because a lot of people it's all that self talk, and like we do it to ourselves, which is so unfortunate. But just changing that narrative within our own head and like setting our mind right, saying like this is what I want to accomplish, this is what I love, and not worrying about what other people are going to say.
1: Yeah, that's where talking to people about this has helped me so much. Uh, I'm someone who keeps I keep all of my thoughts to myself. Like I don't really talk to people about things. I'll just kind of go do with it. But, you know, recently, over the past year, I've kind of driven myself insane multiple times being in my head. So I'm sure other people have too this year or last year. So yeah, I, it was big, like hiring a psychotherapist, talking to my parents more, talking to friends more about it, just talking to people more about how I feel. It helped me get to much more clear conclusions and figure out that like whatever I was thinking in my head was far worse than the reality. And that's usually the case. So yeah.
0: Did you learn any other, like, techniques or skills through your therapy journey? Like, did they help you with any thought processes or anything like that?
1: Yeah. um, The biggest thing was I just just learned the questions to ask myself whenever I was feeling down. So anytime, like, I felt down, like, one tool is I, I would go and look at my past accomplishments just to get a refresher of the things I've done. So that way I can regain the confidence that I can do the next thing. So whenever I have days like that, I always just look at the list. And I actually encourage everyone does that, to like write down a list of all things you've accomplished in the past. So I even wrote it down by year, like 18, let's say whatever, it's like honors in high school or you know, personal trainer certification, nutrition certification, done this, helped this many people lose body fat. Yeah, I just go down the list and I look at it all. I'm like, wow, I did a lot of things. And then uh, I feel better about myself, that helps. Um, the other thing I learned that helped the most too, is like for finding your passion was doing the icky guy analysis. <laughs> so everyone should, I, I think everyone should go and do that and just, just to try things. So like when it comes to like your purpose or passion, like I figured out you really have to try multiple things and not fully commit to one thing and then feel around and ask yourself if that passion is growing or shrinking as you're doing it. So once you're doing it, do you like it more or do you like it less? Or you won't know until you, you start doing it for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like that idea of writing down your accomplishments. It's definitely something that I'm going to start doing because it like, makes it visual. It's concrete. It's written down. It's not going anywhere. And especially on those days when you're in your own head and questioning whether you're good enough or how much you've actually achieved, you can see what you have done.
1: Yeah, helps a ton and then i do this couple strategies like listening to music another thing like is everyone should write down what gives them energy a list of what gives them energy for other times when you're also feeling down because then you can just revert to that and you know you're going to feel better after doing that activity whatever it is for me it's nature walks maybe a learning so reading whenever i feel like i'm learning i feel better about myself and i feel like i actually gain energy like the curiosity once i learn something i take that forward so working out listen to music, all those things kind of give me energy. So whenever I'm feeling down, I might do one of those things to give me a, give me a pick me up and then continue on.
0: I like all these lists. (laughs) I know you have your vision board up, but do you have anything else like on the wall that you see every day that like reminds you of these things? Like you write down your list, like, are they up anywhere? Do you just like reference them when you need them?
1: Yeah. One list, I have like 40 achievements on my (laughs) board right now and I, I look at them. So there's that. And then I have my top 10 values and I'll have like finance targets and goals or uh, yeah, they're all, they're all posted everywhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I just saw you looking around. I thought that like, is it like in your face all the time where you look at it or is it something that you have to like go reference when you need it? No,
1: it's all in my face.
0: No, I love that. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's, it's key. I'll, 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 I'll forget about it. If it's not in your face, you're not going to pull it out. And when you're feeling down, the last thing you do is like, Oh, let me go look at my achievements. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't even think about it. So it's got to be in your face for those times you do feel down. So you could literally accidentally see it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And even just like waking up in the morning and starting a new day, you, it's a nice refresher, a nice little pick me up and saying like, I can continue to achieve things and have another great day.
1: Yeah, like even on my vision board, like I like cars. So mm-hmm. on my vision board, there's some nice cars. So I'll wake up and I'll literally see cars and I'm like, if I keep working hard, I can get what I want. That's what the, mm-hmm. that's what it means basically yeah. if I keep working hard. I can get what I want. So if I see that, it's like, all right, just keep going.
0: And I have full faith in you that you will achieve all of those goals. Thanks. So throughout your fitness, finance and overall life experiences, what are some tips that you could give people about finding your true passion?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the icky guy analysis, biggest thing, uh, try a lot of things. And don't be afraid to fail. You need to fail. Honestly, I failed at a lot of things. Like whenever I started my business or like my coaching business, I, I pivoted multiple times because I figured out number one, maybe the way I was doing it, I didn't like it, so I had to pivot. So I did like it, or number two, whatever I was offering, people didn't want it, so I had to pivot to make sure they wanted it. So it's it's um it's not all sunshine and rainbows in the sense that you don't have to love it fully, hundred percent. It's kind of anything that's a passion of yours that you like there's chores with it so there will always be things you don't like doing with it so don't think that it has to be 100 percent love it all the time there's gonna be a lot of days when you wake up and you're not gonna want to do it doesn't mean you're not passionate about it it means at the moment you might be tired or you don't want to do this exact thing but there's some things you have to push through to, to keep going on so don't dismiss something that's all i'm saying if you find you're not liking some activities um Yeah. And then just trying a lot of things and talking to the people. So the biggest thing I found that helps is having a community, uh, you know, having some sort of support system. So as an example, let's say you want to get into fitness coaching, you hire a business coach and get into some mentorship with other fitness coaches. So you're in a community of fitness coaches. If you want to trade stocks, you get in a community of people who are successfully trading stocks. So, get the support system, get the mentor so you can learn how it's all going to be before you even fully dive into it because you're going to get all the shortcuts and you're going to figure out if it's really for you or not.
0: Yeah, I think that's an amazing tip. Like that's my favorite one out of the one you just said because there's always going to be people above you who have done what you do for many years and they have much more knowledge, resources that you can learn from them and build it into your own platform, your own business, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, 100%, I agree.
0: Um, So I guess lastly, to just wrap up, I would love to promote you and your brand. So would you like to just tell everybody all the services and programs that you offer as a growth coach?
1: Yeah, so my company's AP Growth. And currently I have one spot for personal training, like one-on-one training. Uh, That's in-house at your place. Um, That's one thing. The the rest is for finance coaching. So mainly helping people get out of debt, uh, helping people budget. So if you're looking to fast track your journey to becoming financially free or get rid of debt quicker, then you can reach out to my Instagram at Anthony underscore Pietro or my email, which is growthcoachanthony at gmail.com. And just message me there. If you want help with uh, either of those, the personal training or the uh, finance tips to get out of debt. And you can also follow my travel and journey if you want on YouTube. And I'm also talking about finance there uh, in investing. My YouTube channel is my full name, so it's Anthony Piotr Amazing,
0: Amazing, yeah, and I'll definitely link all your contact resources in the description of this episode so everybody can find you and contact Dio. Awesome. Um, but I just hear you saying a lot of finance stuff. So lastly, can you just give like, what's your biggest finance tip? Like what should people do right now?
1: Well, the biggest thing is to make sure they're setting enough money aside each week or each month to be able to save and invest. If not doing that, then the rest doesn't matter. So I personally do automated weekly savings. So I made an account on an online brokerage. I have money that goes out of my checking account every week automatically. Set whatever amount you can live with. So at the beginning, set it small. Let it come out. As the habits build, it's just coming out each week, going to this other account. And you can invest it each month. And then um, as you get comfortable with that amount, you can increase it over time. And you'll thank yourself down the road. You should actually. Everyone should watch one of my YouTube videos on um, the the power of the dollar by age. You search up the power of the dollar by age. You'll realize that if you save money earlier, it matters three, four, five times more than if you save money when you're forty.
0: Love that. Very helpful, especially for all of us students who are in severe debt. So thank you.
1: No problem. Um,
0: but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I've learned so much about especially guy, and just like doing what's best for you, finding your purpose, your passion, and being comfortable with your own self-identity. So thank you for sharing everything that you did.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: <laughs> awesome. Alrighty. I am super grateful that we were able to talk with Anthony today because I think he's very knowledgeable. He has a lot of amazing resources and offers a lot of great services. So if any of this, what we talked about today is appealing to you or something you want to know more about, start getting into whatever it is, all of his contact information is in the description of this episode. So please be sure to follow him, message him, email him, whatever. And he does have a lot of amazing videos, both on his Instagram and YouTube channel. Um, And based on what you're interested in, whether it's fitness or finance or mentality and mindset, you can select the videos based on that and hopefully get some more great information out of that. And I think that this episode is just really important to wrap up because especially with the pandemic, I know we hear it all the time, but I feel like this was a year where a lot of people started to really question maybe where they were at or what they wanted to do, compare themselves to other people their age and where they're at compared to what we're doing and blah, blah, blah. So I think hearing his perspectives and his own journey, how it wasn't really linear in the traditional pathway, he took a few different directions in his career path to get to where he is today. And I don't think that's ever really talked about uh, freely in society. And it's normally just what we hear about, you know, going to university or college, getting a degree, getting a job and working for the rest of your life. But I think what he talked about and just like taking time to understand what makes you happy, what you want to do, what you can actually offer the world, what you can get paid for. Because like I said, that is a huge factor. And I also understand that that option of like dropping out of school, taking a year off or just starting a new business is not always accessible for some people for financial reasons or support, whatever it is. So I'm not sitting here saying like, yeah, go do whatever you want. Like it's going to work out Um, because there are obviously realistic factors that we have to take into account. And also if you're struggling out there, I know in terms of school, like there's lots of financial resources and things you can apply for if you're looking to take some time off school, if you're looking for scholarships for school or any types of grants and bursaries for starting your own business, whatever it is, just, I Guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't want people shutting down their goals because they don't have the resources to do so. And I wish everybody was able to just do what they wanted and what made them happy with no stress of money or any other worries. But unfortunately, that's not the case in our world. And regardless, I just think that the mentality aspect of what Anthony talked about today is very inspiring and eye opening to incorporate your values and your passions into your work and finding something that truly means something to you. So thank you for listening to today's episode of The Revolutionized Mind. As always, if you liked this episode, please, please, please give it a rating and a review, as well as subscribe to the channel if you're not already. And I will be back next week.